Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Addicts, welcome to another exciting edition of the podcast. It's your uh, it's your co-host, Los at FFA underscore Los Mung. We've almost made it. The last season of the uh, regular fantasy season is upon us. Very exciting time. Hopefully you're wrapping up your first round buys or wrapping up your playoff depths. And uh, if you do have that first round buy, hopefully you're starting to plan ahead, uh, trying to get those, those streamers, those defenses that will set you up right to play well in the playoffs. Doing good there, Monk. Yeah. And conversely, if you're in some leagues where you're still fighting for that last playoff berth, uh, you know, don't be afraid to just drop a bunch of upside guys on your bench because this week matters the most right now. If you're still trying to get in the playoffs. True. Too true. So a lot of these matchups, uh, a lot of these questions, if you guys have lineup questions for us, make sure you're including, you know, do you need floor or ceiling uh, scenarios, right? Because if you need a guy, to score hopefully 30 points to get you closer. If you're a big underdog, then, you know, make sure to swing for the swing for the fences with some of these boom bust players. And if you're just trying to hold the lead because you're trying to get a higher seed, then maybe you're just stashing upside players and not necessarily looking to go off this week. But either way, uh, we will go through every single game here, starting with the Thursday night football game, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Rams here. Uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro are both eligible to return from IR this week, but with the Raiders playing on a short week on Thursday, it seems unlikely that they'll be back here. Week 15 certainly is possible, though, and the same goes for Foster Moreau, who's currently in the concussion protocol. He's probably out for Thursday night as well. Uh, We usually record on Thursday, but as you can tell by the way I'm talking, we are recording early this week on Tuesday night. So make sure you double check the status on all these guys, but it could be a bigger week for Matt Collins. And of course you're starting Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams who've been absolute smash plays the last few weeks. Yeah. I think at this point, uh, the Raiders have the, uh, the wide receiver two in most formats and the running back one, uh, unless I'm going crazy. Yeah. The wide receiver one and the running back one over the last, I want to say five or six weeks now, yeah. um, especially in PPR formats. So to- totally these wild. guys have been dominant. Is Renfro looking like he's going to be able to s- No, he he's eligible. Okay. Yeah. That's one of those things. If they don't have a tight end, they're going to need to find something over the cross the middle. You can't send every ball Devontae Adams his way. Although they certainly win football games when they get, uh, get the ball to him over 10 times. Yeah, and on the other side here, uh, not a whole lot to talk about, whether it's Wolf no. or Perkins. Uh, the only guy you maybe trust is Cam Akers as a flex play. Surprisingly, got 73% of the snaps against the Seahawks last week. So, you know, we know that Sean McVay likes to change around his running back usage week to week. But for now, I think Akers is at least a serviceable flex here, especially against a pretty weak Raiders run defense. That's the thing. He was bailed out with those two touchdowns, right? Because 17 for 60, not not lighting anybody on fire, but he dives back in against the, the Raiders defense, which is a good matchup. So, yeah, I guess uh, you're flexing acres. Yeah, especially with six teams on by this week. Uh, some, mm-hmm. some fantasy rosters will be a little shorthanded here. I think uh, we are both going to take the team that did not just claim uh, Baker Mayfield here. 
<laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. I'll take the Raiders. Um, yeah. Any reason to hang on to Kyron Williams heading into playoffs? Uh, probably not. I mean, yeah. if Akers were to miss time, maybe Williams gets a big role. But as of now, if you're in the playoffs, you're probably stashing upside handcuffs uh, like a Samaje P. Ryan, Dontrell Hilliard, these types of guys. Yeah, week 16, they have Denver, but then 17, 18, they have the Chargers and Seattle again. Um, it'd be a luxury hang on and really not that great of one. Yeah, and even with a large, you know, volume role potentially, this offense is just so terrible right now. Right. All right, let's move on to the Sunday noon central 1 p.m. Eastern slate of games, the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Michael Carter could be back from the ankle sprain, but still questionable as of now. If he were to miss uh, another game this week, Zonvin Knight, Bam Knight, uh, very usable flex if Carter's out again. Uh, and maybe even if Carter's back with the Jets beat reporters saying uh, that Knight has carved out a role with how well he's played the last couple of weeks here. What was the point of James Robinson exactly? I think they thought that he could contribute a lot, and then they realized why the Jaguars benched him once he actually got to New York. Um, but so, it's like they didn't know that Zonovan, that that Bammy and Ty Johnson weren't already on the roster, right? I mean, they definitely, from the way Zonovan Knight's been playing, they should have given him a chance earlier. But yeah. you know, in dynasty leagues, this is why you try to sell those undrafted free agents, right? Because the loyalty to them is low. And as much as I love Bam Knight, he is an undrafted free agent. If you can sell him right now, I would with Brees Hall coming back next year if you're not in contention in Dynasty, of course. No question about it. This is not an offense that they're going to say, oh, hey, Brees Hall, go go run the ball 40, per go, go out there for 40% of the plays. Let's have a, let's have a multiple person committee with significant touches going to other people. That, that would be totally crazy. Yeah, but I, I will say as of right now, if you're in a shallow league where multiple jets running backs are free agents, I'm actually still, I'd rather pick up Zonvin Knight over Michael Carter, even assuming he's coming back from the ankle sprain. It feels like Knight has just been more explosive. And they have a nice, uh, they certainly have a nice lineup coming to the playoffs. Jacksonville, Seattle, Miami, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, Miami. Yeah. I guess there's no week 18 in most leagues. So it's, uh, so it's Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. Right. And, you know, at the wide receiver position, Corey Davis has a little bit of life. He's widely, yep. widely available. Of course, waivers have not run yet, but he's so, so low percentage that he's probably out there in quite a few leagues, even after waivers run tomorrow so check your uh, list of free agents on wednesday on the bill side uh, is there a whole lot to talk about here other than the running back situation it seems like james cook has assumed control of that backfield but it's still a very messy committee week over week and you know if i'm picking one it's probably cook at this point but i it's hard to really trust any of these running backs yeah, I definitely don't trust it one way or another. He, he only beat Singletary by one carry. Um, that could be game planning. It could just be play choice selection. That That's not really something I'm going to hang my hat on and say, oh, yes, he, the, he's, he's definitely the guy that's head of, that's the head of the pack. Right. Well, the answer is most definitely not Naeem Hines. We know that. No. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's between yeah. Cook and Singletary. Both are viable flex plays uh, depending yeah. on who gets the touchdown, but uh, definitely not Naeem Hines. And, and even though the Jets surprised the world last time these two teams met, Josh Allen getting healthier, their defense getting a little healthier, mm -hmm. I will take the Bills here. Give me the Bills.
All right, moving on to the battle for Ohio, Cleveland <laughs> Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, David Joku with a knee injury. It sounds like he should be back this week. And even though the offense was not great, having to really rely on defense and special teams to beat the Texans last week, uh, Marty Cooper did see a whopping 43% of the target share in Deshaun Watson's first game back. So he is an every week, every week starts a high-end wide receiver two, maybe even edging into that back-end wide receiver one territory. And speaking of Watson, he looked a little bit rusty, uh, like on that interception in the end zone. A little bit. Yeah, more than a little, but uh, he and Cooper should continue to build rapport as the season continues here. Uh, I'm not worried about these two. Yeah, he knows where his bread's going to get buttered. I think DPJ, maybe maybe not this week, but heading into the playoffs, certainly not a bad guy to stash. I don't know why they didn't run the football more this game. Um, I, I guess they were in a dogfight heading in, but like, just put the ball in the hands of Nick Chubb. Like, I, I don't know. It's the Texans. Yeah, I think Watson wanted some uh, some revenge on his old team, but it didn't it didn't work out too hot. Um, no. But either way, they came away with the win, so I'm sure they're yeah. happy about that. And on the flip side here, we'll see if Joe Burrow can get his first win against the Cleveland Browns of his career. Mm -hmm. uh, surprisingly, has yet to beat the Browns. Uh, my good friend Roger, I'll shout him out on the podcast, who is a huge Browns fan, let me know that fact, or I should say remind, reminded me of that fact. Uh, but... From a fantasy perspective, I think Burrow will be just fine. We'll see about Joe Mixon, who is surprisingly still in the concussion protocol, missed last week's game. But barring a major outlier case of continued symptoms here, he is expected to be back. Still, you know, keep track of his practice status throughout the week. And Samaji Piran, he's shown to be an elite handcuff, has been uh, three, three straight weeks of RB1 production here. And teams with or without Mixon in the playoffs should be holding on to P. Ryan, considering the upside. Yep, uh, there's a reason these guys get drafted high to be backups because the, he's a he's a good he's a very good running back. He could start on many teams. Um, he is relegated to backup status though, and uh, he's he's could be a league winner if uh, if Mixon finds himself out of the playoffs. Yeah, and this is a tough one with uh, Watson back, but he still seems like he's ramping up. I will bet here on Joe Burrow getting his first victory yeah. over the Cleveland Browns. Big time, give him the Bengals. All right, moving on to the Houston Texans at the Dallas Cowboys. Brandon Cooks, questionable with that calf strain. Uh, Nico Collins led the Does team matter? with 10 targets in his absence. I do think Collins is viable as a desperation wide receiver for Cooks is out again. In a game yeah. where the Texans are probably going to trail for most of the, most of the time and going to need to throw a lot. This might be the sort of matchup where Lovey Smith just tucks his tail, realizes that we're facing Dallas. They just hung 50 this past week, and he, and he gets off the bus running the football like he did in Chicago for, for uh, the better part of a decade. And this is a real quick one. Yeah, and I actually had a question earlier today about um, Dak Prescott versus Tyler Huntley this week uh, because the expectation is, of course, that Dallas is going to lead by quite a bit, probably a run-heavy mm -hmm. approach for much of the second half. And while that's sure. true, um, you know, what I always say about teams who are projected to win by a lot is if they're leading a lot in the second half, then the quarterback probably had something to do with it in the first half. So while it, it may not be a huge ceiling game for Prescott, I think his floor is high and his ceiling is still pretty high. 
And I would rank him pretty highly in the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks this week, uh, even if they end up going with a lot of Zeke and Pollard. Yeah, I like them. I, I think Dallas just showed us that they are not a team that's going to take their foot off the gas pedal. Um, they want to be strong. They want to look strong. They want to be gelling well heading into the playoffs. Uh, I, I think Dak's a great play. Yeah, I probably have him in that 9-10 range, um, just behind guys like you know Burrow, Kyler, Cousins, I would put ahead of him this week because of the matchup at Detroit. But yeah, firmly in the top 10. Yes. All right, so I think uh, this one will be the lock of the week. We will both take yeah. uh, the, the Cowboys here, I, I'm guessing. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to a more interesting game, Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. And uh, this game has shootout potential written all over it. Uh, on the Lions side, you know, they've been playing better as of late, but their defense has still struggled. So certainly you like Cousins, uh, you like Dalvin Cook. Of course, you're starting Jefferson and Hawkinson. And maybe if you're desperate, Adam Thiel. I think you covered it. This uh, this is pretty easy offense to call. Yeah, and on the flip side, uh, you know, I think Jared Goff is a viable streaming option. Definitely. Um, in a game yep. where I think it, the last I saw, the over-under was set at 53, the highest of the week. Um, so, yeah, you certainly love both sides in fantasy. Of course, Amon Ross St. Brown. DeAndre Swift looks like he's getting healthier. Uh, I would start, uh, I would begin starting him over Jamal Williams, even though Williams is still certainly a viable flex play if he can punch in a goal line touchdown. And uh, I do think that while Jamison Williams is still working his way into the offense, DJ Chark is a viable wide receiver mm -hmm. for, uh, in a, again, a shootout potential game. A lot of points expected this game. This is one to target with your daily lineups, with your uh, with your alternative uh, low cost plays. Of course, this is going to be very off brand for me, but I'm picking Detroit. Uh, I can't do it. <laughs> I thought about it, um, and, and I don't think it's crazy. And I think they're actually favored by two points. But uh, really, wow! I I was I just, just going home team, and and the Vikings just seemed to like. I mean, they're still leading the they're still leading the division. They're ten and two, but it just feels so tenuous. Yeah, I mean, look, the Vikings are certainly playing better than they actually are. Um, they've certainly gotten some lucky breaks, but again, I, I don't see any reason why that necessarily changes this week, especially uh, when they're fairly healthy. And again, Detroit just seems to get into their own way sometimes at the worst times. And uh, while Kirk Cousins uh, does struggle sometimes in afternoon and evening games and primetime games, this is a 1 p.m. game. Yeah. Uh, this is Kirk Cousins' bread and butter. So he likes I'm, lunch. Actually, yeah. I'm surprised you're betting against Captain Kirk. I know. And, I know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I hope that he will show you up this week. And so this is our first disagreement of the week here, Leslie. I hope so, too. And uh, preemptively, I would like to congratulate you on gaining a game on me. Uh, we'll see. I, you did gain one on me last week with uh, Tampa yeah. Bay. The epic comeback yeah. with less than four minutes left. We'll get to that game. Uh, Just the way I saw it coming. That, that's exactly how I thought. Yeah. <laughs> certainly, yeah. certainly was a, an interesting one at the end there. But let's first talk about the next game up here. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. Sounds like Trevor Lawrence's knee is just fine, even after some scary tweets about a potential ACL tear um, after he went down against Detroit last week, but luckily it sounds like he's trending towards playing uh, was a minor injury. So good news there. 
Uh, Travis Etienne hasn't been great. And again, the Titans run defense is tough, but you certainly can't bench Etienne considering the dearth of options at running back. And I don't think you should be benching uh, Zay Jones or uh, Christian Kirk either. I think they got bad breaks this past week. Zay Jones really needs to stop dropping footballs, but what can you do? That happens. They're not really a sticky statistic, as people call that. Um, so I think both are quite flexible this week in Tennessee. Yeah, I would put Zay Jones more in that boomer bust wide receiver four category. Um, I would have. Yeah, I like Kirk better for sure. Much better. Yeah, for sure. Um, on the Tennessee side here, we'll see if Traylon Burks is able to play again. We're recording Tuesday night, so see if he practices over the next few days and is able to proceed through concussion protocol. Uh, if Burks is out, man, if you're super desperate, maybe Chigozium mm-hmm. Okonkwo uh, is a viable starter at tight end. He did lead the Titans in receptions and receiving yards against the Eagles with Burks out. But remember that they were trailing all game to the Eagles yeah. and they could just run the ball a ton uh, if this is a close one or if they get the lead against the Jaguars at home this week. So should be a big Derrick Henry week, even though he was game scripted out last week. Yeah, in fact, I expect them to do just that. I expect this to be a decent Henry week. Should be an okay Dontrell Hilliard week. Yeah, and with, uh, excuse me, with Trevor Lawrence a little banged up and on the road, I'm going to go Tennessee here. Yeah, I'm going to take Tennessee as well. All right. Moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about here. Uh, I think you're starting all your Eagles. Uh, yep. And then pretty straightforward. Worth noting that uh, Dallas Goddard could be back pretty soon. Um, again, he is still rostered in the vast majority of leagues. But if you are in a shallow league, uh, just make sure to check your rosters, especially if your league doesn't have an IR spot, because he is out there in a few leagues. He was really starting to come alive. Uh, Going to be a big time, high, highly drafted tight end next year, or or if not, he should be. Yeah, and if your uh, if your trade deadline has not passed, perhaps consider selling Devontae Smith because his target share has gone up in Goddard's absence, and he could be yeah. a, a little bit more boom or bust once Goddard returns. Yep. All right. On the Giants side here, uh, certainly starting Barkley. I think Slayton is viable as a wide receiver four, even with a tough matchup, simply because they don't have a whole lot of options. And for the same reason, I think Daniel Bellinger is a serviceable tight end streamer with how many targets that he saw. Uh, now back healthy from that eye injury uh, with all the Giants issues at wide receiver. And it's really just him and Slayton outside of Barkley right now. I think we need to figure out <clears throat> about stashing a handcuff heading into playoffs for uh, for Barkley managers. It's Matt Breida, right? I, I mean, I guess, but I don't think that there is a one-for-one handcuff. Like, Derek yeah. Henry, for me, Dontrell Hilliard would take over the yeah. bulk of the work, whereas yeah. I, I think it would be a, a committee and on a not-great offense to begin with anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know that Brita has to be stashed, but certainly in deeper leagues, you know, he would be um, he would be the choice for me uh, of the Giants running backs. Yeah. Okay. Just thought it needed to be talked about heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I, give me. Yeah. I'll take the Eagles. Keep on yeah, flying. I think we are both taking the Eagles here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lots to talk about here. Lamar Jackson uh, with a PCL sprain expected to miss at least this week, uh, potentially another week or two. Sounds like a one to three week injury. And then J.K. Dobbins was designated to return from injury reserve. He is questionable, but the Ravens do still have another couple weeks to activate him. So um, they don't have to bring him back uh, this week. 
let's talk a little bit about Tyler Huntley because Please. his fourth starts last year. Uh, he was the QB 18, the QB yeah. 1, the QB 21, and the QB 33 in fantasy. Bit um, of a range. But his rushing floor and upside are pretty high. 45 rushing yards, 73 plus two rushing touchdowns. 54 and 72 were his rushing totals in those four starts. So definitely a boomer bust player. And I think this is a good one to do a would you rather for uh, among the fantasy quarterback options this week with six teams on by here. So let's move down. Yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, that definitely impacts the decision-making, right? So Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Tua, and Jared Goff. Do you disagree with any of those ahead of Conley? No. All right. What about Geno Smith against Carolina? I'd go with Geno. Yep. I would agree with that. Deshaun Watson at the Bengals. <sighs> He's got to shake that rust off. I, I let, well, I think that Deshaun has the upside. If you're going for that pure upside play, it's got to be Watson. It's got to be. I think yeah. I actually would start Huntley over Watson. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it. A similar floor it. because of Huntley's rushing, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and again, I think potentially a higher ceiling because of the rushing. It is. That's true. It is potentially a higher floor. But like you said, like he had that quarterback one finish, which obviously is the highest ceiling there is, but everything else was 20 plus despite that rushing. Right. But to be fair, um, those starts, right. The QB one finish was against green Bay and then the QB 21 and 33 finishes were against the Rams who are a very good defense last year. And the Steelers mm-hmm. who are also a very good defense last year. Yeah, that's um, true. And the Steelers outside of TJ Watt, uh, their defense has not been great. True. Uh, so I actually, yeah, I would, I would go with Huntley over Watson. So right See, I'm, now, not dying at, on, I'm not dying on the Watson cross. <laughs> so yeah, he's at what, like 12 right now, something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I would start him over Trevor Lawrence just without knowing if his knee is a hundred percent. I agree there, but I think, I feel like there has to be a couple, like the, uh, the lions game, both cousins and Goff. I would put over Huntley. Yeah, I already said those two. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. You, ra- you threw a lot of names at me real quick. Um, uh, here's an interesting one. Derek Carr against a Rams team that's you know, oh, pretty much wow. done for the year. Yeah, this is a real decision that streaming uh, teams will have to make. I think Carr has the higher floor um, right. and a similar ceiling. And so just without needing to risk it, I, I would lean Carr. Yeah. I mean, the Raiders offense has just really, you know, done a lot better ever since Josh McDaniels figured out, hey, let's throw it at Devontae Adams a lot. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? Um, no. I think Tannehill has upside against Jacksonville, but I would take Huntley over him. I would take Huntley, yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones, did we say? Yeah, I'm taking Huntley here. Against yeah. defense. I, I agree, I agree. Uh, what about Tom Brady? No, I, I think that the Bucks are going to get blown out, in my opinion. Yeah, by San Fran. Big game this uh, week. Tough matchup. Yeah, I mean, they barely... The Saints pass rush ranks, like, bottom 10, bottom 5, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they gave them trouble with all their O-line issues. 
And uh, <laughs> hey, Bosa's up next. Yep. Yeah, not going to be good. So yeah, I would. No. I think Brady's outside of my top fifteen or so quarterbacks this week in fantasy. I would I start think Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think we're definitely past that. over Brady. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you know, regardless of how Huntley does, I think this will be good news for Mark Andrews. I tweeted out earlier today about his splits uh, yeah. with Huntley versus with Lamar Jackson, and Huntley loves to check down on Mark Andrews. So yeah, he he had a down. Weeks. Yeah, he had one down week, and people all start jumping off the ship. It's like they didn't pay attention to last year at all. Yeah, uh, I mean Andrews has been good. It's just. Kelsey has stood alone at the top this year, right? As an elite. Yeah. So everyone sure. else is kind of disappointed. Uh, Andrews, you can, you can say based on his ADP is disappointed, but certainly, uh, you know, the most solid start outside of Kelsey each and every week. Totally. And he's outclassed by Kelsey in terms of talent and, and, and the offense. So that, that shouldn't be shocking. Yeah. But uh, certainly love his upside over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, if you have Andrews, you're starting him regardless. Right. But uh, right. I mean, more so for DFS or if you're into prop betting and you know taking the overs potentially. Um, although yeah. I don't think the lines have been released yet. So on the Pittsburgh side, uh, again, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot to talk about. You're starting Harris as a what RB two. Um, right, Johnson and Pickens both viable flex plays, but uh, their yeah. ceiling has not been great with Kenny Pickett under center. Frymuth could have had a really big week. Yeah, I mean he did have he had a huge he uh, had a big week, but he could have had um, a really big week. <laughs> but, uh, certainly, he got tackled. I think at the five or something like that. Uh, finishing into the end zone on that on that one play uh, would have been great. But hey, it is what it is. Yep. And are you leaning Deontay or Pickens right now against Baltimore? I would say Pickens because I think Baltimore likes to play a lot of that man coverage. So if he gets one-on-one coverage on the outside uh, and Pickett can get it to him, I think it could be a long touchdown potential. I'm actually there with you right now. Um, I think I, I, I don't know what we're going to see next year. I think, with a year, an off season for, for Pickett building into this offense, I think he's going to be able to figure out how to do more than just throw it to the big play guy and hope for the best. He's going to be able to find Deontay a little more next year, I think, but I don't know. Yeah. And hopefully they had some offensive line help. Yeah. Big time. Um, uh, you know, divisional matchup, um, especially AFC North. Normally, I would lean the home team, but I, I think Huntley is a close enough copy of Lamar Jackson. Not not as good, definitely not, um, but close enough that I think Baltimore can get this done on the road. I'm going to take Pittsburgh just because I need to try and catch up on you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy that you know the Steelers could get two sacks and two interceptions, but finally yeah. runs enough to finish as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Not, right. not excited about this game. Right. Well, the two, well, I think uh, the over under is currently like 36 points, something like Jeez. that. So this could wow. be a, a low scoring uh, defensive matchup. Real exciting one. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the Sunday mid afternoon slate of games, starting with the Kansas city chiefs at the Denver Broncos. Um, yep. Isaiah Pacheco continues to see more passing down work and pretty much all the carries, but McKinnon is still getting goal line usage. So right now I would 
start Pacheco over McKinnon, but I do think that both are viable flex options here, um, especially if Kansas City just runs a bunch in the second half if yeah. this Broncos offense still just cannot put up points. You know who else has a split backfield? Basically two-thirds of the league. So take the one on the Kansas City, uh, on the Chiefs offense, and I, I'd be perfectly fine rolling Pacheco out there. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey, you know, sick with uh, the flu or a cold last week. Uh, the fumble certainly didn't help, but uh, don't worry about Kelsey rest of the season. Get your flu shot, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, certainly cost them uh, that game. But, uh, hey, you know what? It is what it is. It's flu season. Better get it out of the way now than yeah, for sure. Us, right? I, I think, you know, they're playing the long game here, though, building up the uh, Bengals' confidence in themselves so that they let their guard down in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, certainly, but uh, I think Kansas City's success in the playoffs, uh, taking putting fantasy aside for just a second, mm-hmm. honestly, I think it's going to come down to whether Kadarius Tony can stay healthy with that hamstring injury because they need someone explosive at wide receiver just to take a little pressure off Kelsey. Cole Hardman isn't that man, is it? Oh, I mean, he's been he's been hurt as well, but uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you That's know, true. They, they need MVS some kind isn't that man, is he? No, definitely not. Um, yeah. I, I like how he was, you know, thumping his chest after that big catch uh, that came after the drop in the end zone. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. On the Broncos side here, Cortland Sutton with a hamstring strain. He is questionable as of right now. If Sutton's out, I think. Greg Dulcich is a viable tight end streamer. Oh, yeah. uh, Dulcich has been playing a ton of snaps, but finally saw more targets against the Ravens last week uh, after Sutton left that game. Yeah, Dulcich is a top, top 10 play for me. Top 10? Wow. Yep. Okay. I, I mean, for those, I think for those the very reasons, could be there too if they're yeah. down a lot uh, to the Chiefs. But uh, for keep, the sake keep of in argument, mind, there's six teams on a bye, of course. I was going to say, for the sake of argument, let, let's walk through the would you rather for Greg Dulcich. Sure. Uh, Kelsey, Andrews, Schultz, Hawkinson, Kittle, Fryermuth. Uh, any, any disagreements there? Nope. Uh, Tyler Higby against the Raiders. Give me Dulcich. Uh, David Njoku at the Bengals. Give me Dulcich. Uh, I would take Njoku there, but certainly okay. close. Um, Gerald Everett against Miami. That's the closest one for me. Um, I probably lean Everett. Okay. I, I think I'm there with you. I think it's Dulcich for me after those guys. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess top 10. Not crazy. Uh, that puts him right at 10, I think. I think so. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe nine. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram hasn't been very good. Um I want I want to see something happen between Njoku and Watson first. Like we we love that Njoku's been playing great to start the season. Historically, what does Deshaun Watson do with his tight ends? He has not had big time tight end success any season of his career. Granted, he hasn't had top flight tight end options, but all these guys that uh, got got drafted to uh, the Texans have always been dynasty plays. Go get Brevin Jordan. Go get this guy. That guy. They've all turned into nothing. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think we've seen that those tight ends just aren't super great prospects in general. So, uh, but we yeah. would say the same thing about David Njoku his whole career until this past season. Sure, but he's an athletic guy, so he plays more like a wide receiver at times, uh, you know, like that back-of-the-end-zone catch uh, over the Bucks, right? Yeah. Um, I, again, I, I don't think it's crazy to start Belsic over Njoku this week, but sure. personally, I would I would put Njoku slightly above 
Should we make a bet on it? Uh, <laughs> no, we, we've been doing well this year with no bets, so let's just, we'll, we'll stay close <laughs> let's just keep on. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the uh, that's the theme this season. Yeah, uh, and I assume that we are both taking the Chiefs here. Oh yeah. All right, let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers. And Los, mm. why didn't you tell me when we were recording last week that it was Vivian, Tom Brady's 10-year-old daughter's birthday on Monday night? Had I known that, obviously, we both would have taken the Bucs. Duh. Well, <laughs> see, I can't give you all that inside knowledge, man. I, I've got to try and find some way to eke some wins out. Oh, uh, yes. All right. Uh, Godwin's great. Uh, Evans, a little more shaky through that big uh, defensive pass interference call in the end zone. But, of course, that doesn't do us any good in fantasy. He's more of a boomer bust. I want to say back-end flex play uh, against the Niners where I don't think Brady's going to have a whole lot of time to look deep. What you shorted? Who are you talking about? Evans? Evans, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's he's a very iffy play. Um, yeah, tough call. I mean, it would really hey. depend on the options, but I don't think he's trustworthy here. No, I don't think he is. Um, is Lenny trustworthy or is Rashad trustworthy? I think they're both okay in PPR just because Brady's going to need to keep dumping it off, but I don't expect. Yeah a whole lot of yards after the catch against Fred Warner. I'll say that much. I agree with you. Um, and I would, that's part of the reason I would temper um, expectations on Godwin this week, right? Because we saw that Tua really struggled uh, over the middle of the field um, with Warner in coverage where he usually thrives. And I, I think Brady is still going to fit it into those tight windows to Godwin, but uh, I would not expect a huge day for any of the Bucks wide receivers. I think he's still probably my best bet for top scorer on the uh, in the Tampa offense from a fantasy standpoint. But um, right, but, but yeah, like, certainly you know, not excited. And twelve yeah. points, something like that. Maybe yeah. like five catches for like sixty yards. I could see something along those yeah. lines. Um, mm-hmm. All right, on the Niners side, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with a broken foot. He's out for mm-hmm. the year. In steps Mr. Irrelevant, who is suddenly very much relevant. Mr. Brock Purdy, who led them to a win. Over the Dolphins certainly looked good and uh, also good for Christian McCaffrey, who played a season-high 81% of the snaps, his highest since joining the 49ers with Eli Mitchell on injured reserve. Uh, It seems like they don't trust Jordan Mason quite as much in that relief role. So, hey, if you got Christian McCaffrey, it's good for fantasy. I was actually sort of surprised and I didn't think it would continue when McCaffrey and uh, Mitchell were sharing a little more of the load. I think that was more McCaffrey getting caught up in this offense um, in the playbook and everything. We have not really seen with Shanahan, the 49ers use a multi back approach in as much as they do lean on one guy until he gets hurt and then move on to the next guy. So not shocking to me. And I I think Jordan Mason is a must uh, must own at this point. Yeah, it seems like he's leapfrogged uh, Tyrion Davis Price for the time being. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though there were there was talk about Tevin Coleman maybe being activated from the practice squad, they decided they were okay. So yeah, certainly uh, Jordan Mason worth a stash. Yeah, 
Uh, I don't know what it means for the past game. Um, thankfully, I, I don't think for as much crap as I gave you about Jimmy G of the season, I don't think he's a very, very good quarterback. I just think he's a great system quarterback in this Shanahan offense. Purdy is likely not a big time drop off from him. Um, converting a lot on a lot of these short and midfield sort of things. So I think Samuel Ayuk Kittle will probably still be somewhat. Okay. Maybe take like a half step backwards, but you still got to play him. Yeah, I don't view this as a major downgrade in any way for any of the pass catchers, like you said. Yeah. Uh, I think the issue remains the same, right? We just don't know who's going to have that big game, if any, right. week over week, because the targets are so spread out. Um, yep. You know, Debo Samuel, 10 targets. Brent Nayuk, 9 targets. But, of course, it all goes back to Christian McCaffrey with 10 mm-hmm. targets. Um, yeah. He's back to that elite territory uh, right now. Yeah, so, big time. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, I, I don't think this is going to be that close of a game. And, and as much, again, as much of a Brady fan as I am, they have major, major issues on the offensive line and their defense has had trouble stopping Chris Olave and, uh, you know, Taysom Hill. So to see them contend with Devo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brand Nayuk seems like a, a very big stretch to me. So give me the Niners at home pretty confidently. Give me the Niners. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks next. Uh, not a whole lot to say here. Dante Foreman seems to have a foot injury, but he is expected to play. Seems fairly confident there. Um, and then DJ Moore, again, still boomer bust. Certainly had a great game against the Broncos a couple weeks ago, but uh, would not necessarily expect 100 yards ahead touchdown again. Still, he becomes a viable flex. Uh, maybe in the same range as Mike Evans. I mean, I think I still lean Evans, but I don't think it's crazy to, to avoid Evans this week for a guy like Moore. Have we named a starter yet at quarterback? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Darnold, right? I mean, they just released oh. uh, Mayfield and certainly, they did not, so they certainly did not want to go back to him. I mean, I, I, I don't think I could stomach starting him over Evans, but yeah, they both, they're not great options. Yeah, and on the Seattle side, uh, a lot of questions with their running backs as well. Um, yeah. Walker with a foot strain, he's questionable. But uh, you know, did we ever find out what that uh, that uh, anger between he and Gino was about? No, I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen any reports oh. on that. Okay, but uh, you know, though, I think the more pressing issue right now is that foot injury. Yeah, again, it doesn't sound too serious, but Pete Carroll always is optimistic in his replies to reporters, so I would take that with a bit of a grain of salt. And yeah, um, DJ Dallas also, it sounds like a very mild high ankle sprain. He was able to finish the game against the Rams, uh, but again, these types of injuries, it's possible for the swelling to get worse after the game. Um, after down we'll see um travis homer still working through a knee issue a lot of questions and if all these guys are out tony jones could be the last man standing this week against the panthers who are susceptible to the run game so uh, i think in deeper leagues particularly tony jones should be rostered i'm right there with you that's uh that's the guy to go after just because he's uh, he's the only one left alive now who knows in the next couple of days maybe they sign somebody just keep an eye on those yeah, sort of things. They actually just added um, Marlon Mack. Okay. Well, um, there you go. To me, you know, that would make it, I think that would just be emergency depth. And if anything, I think that is better for Tony Jones because it indicates that maybe these guys are out and Jones could be that guy for at yeah. least this week. 
Yep. Very good point. Very good point. Uh, I don't see any way I can pick Carolina, but what once was my lock of the week, my survivor pick of the week now does not feel very fun anymore. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm still taking Seattle here. Yeah. But I don't think it's crazy. Um, if we saw Carolina upset them, certainly we did not expect the Raiders to beat the Seahawks. Yeah. And uh, that happened. So, but again, yeah. uh, Sam Darnold is not the same caliber as an offense with Devontae Adams. And right. DJ Moore is not, uh, DJ Moore is not Devontae Adams and never will be. All right. Let's move on to the Sunday night football game here. The Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raheem Mostert outsnapped Jeff Wilson for the first time this year uh, since the Dolphins yeah. for Wilson, but I would still take Wilson over Mostert this week, uh, especially if they build a lead against the Chargers. It, it was a strange game script with the Dolphins down multiple scores uh, against the Niners, so I, I think that played into the Mostert usage. What do you think? I think when you get down like that, all bets get uh, go, get thrown off. Who knows what coaching uh, Mike McDaniel's uh, plan is? Maybe they wanted to preserve their running back for the playoffs. I, I don't know, but I, I think it was very aberrant. I think it was very weird, and I agree with you to stick with Wilson. Yeah. Um, all right. On the oh, I guess we should talk real quick. Uh, Tua does have a minor ankle injury, but he was able to finish the game. Um, for the most part against the Niners. And it doesn't sound like it's going to affect his status for this week, but keep an eye on it just in case, but yeah. fully expecting to to start as of right now. Yeah. All right. On the Chargers side, then uh, Mike Williams with a high ankle sprain that he re-injured a couple weeks back. Yes. Uh, he is still very questionable, leaning doubtful uh, on the side here, um, but could be back by next week in time for the fantasy playoffs. So again, uh, he is rostered in the vast majority of leagues, but he is out there in a few. So if you're in a shallow league without an IR spot, uh, at least take a look and scour the waiver wire. Do you remember um, how exciting this uh, this conference or this division was in the preseason? Yeah, uh, certainly, <laughs> certainly has uh, gone a, a lot more Kansas City's way as in years past. Uh, yeah, we thought maybe there'd be a little bit more com- competition for the Chiefs, but uh, Mahomes remains hey, the injuries. Injuries ran the Chargers rough shot, and the Raiders are the Raiders, and then Russell Wilson uh, is Mr. Limited. So, jeez, uh, rough. <laughs> oh, Mr. Limited. All right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, these two teams feel similar to me with uh, explosive options on offense, yeah. but uh, rough yeah. defenses. And I think – actually, I don't know if uh, – Hopefully the Dolphins just stayed out West this week instead of flying back and forth. I think a lot of teams do that nowadays. Um, so the the time difference shouldn't skew this one quite as much. And uh, with all that taken into account, I'm going to lean Miami here. Oh, I thought you were going to lean the home team. I'm going to take Miami. All right. I thought you were going to take the home team, but uh, uh, it seems like we are leading uh, for you. Not when that home team's the Chargers. They are slipping back into their historic ways. It's really quite something. Yeah, and I mean, I think, uh, you know, the other thing is they've gotten less aggressive with their play calling, right? Because yep. Brandon Staley used to go for it a ton on fourth down. He was kind of becoming, you know, the fourth down guy. Right in yep. the NFL circles. 
Um, but it seems like he has become more cowardly as of late. He doesn't decisions. like winning. Well, I think he just got winning too much. Enough. And, uh, you know, especially, uh, what was it, against the Raiders last year that knocked him out of the playoffs because yeah. they weren't able to convert that. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, hope, well, hopefully he will uh, get back to that uh, place of confidence where he get will get back on the horse. Uh, the correct analytical calls here. But yeah, yeah. I think we're both taking. Miami because of the Chargers just seem don't seem to have that will to win, right? Yeah. Yeah, when Herbert almost brought them back against the Chiefs, right? Mm -hmm. Earlier in the season and they've slid since then. But yeah. Let's move on to the Monday night football game, the New England Patriots at the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see if Mm -hmm. Damian Harris is able to come back from that thigh injury. But you know, it's hard to trust his workload even once back with how Stevenson's playing and it's probably not worth waiting on Harris uh, for a Monday night game unless you're really desperate at running back with all these teams on by. I mean if Stevenson took all the t- uh, took all those looks and turned them into like a, an 11 point week I, I certainly don't want to see what Damian Harris can do for me. Yeah, and on the Cardinals side here, uh, Marquise Brown looked good in his first game back before the bye. He should be pretty much 100% healthy, knock on wood. Um, so you're certainly starting both him and DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see about Rondell Moore with that groin strain. He remains uh, very questionable, so we'll see about that. But either way, you're starting Kyler, Connor, uh, Brown, and Hopkins, and I don't know that there's a whole lot more to say. Uh, I guess do we worry about anybody getting eliminated by Belichick scheming? I don't think so. Um, yeah. I mean, with Brown and Hopkins, it's hard to really. They're pretty equivalent as to how they're being used, right? Yeah. Well, I just mean from a talent perspective, I think they're both dangerous enough that you can't yeah. really just choose one and then leave the other. So we'll yep. see. We'll see how JC Jackson gets deployed, but I don't. I don't know that I would downgrade any of these guys significantly because of the matchup. Okay. All um, right. I mean, if I had to rank them, I would I would lean Brown over Hopkins this week. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would, despite, uh, regardless of the matchup, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I meant that in general because I don't see you know Jackson necessarily shadowing anyone. Is that? I guess that's a hot take, isn't it? What? Like in terms of consensus, that's a hot take to lean Hollywood over. Uh, over over Hopkins with with any uh with any certain like wanting to do that is a pretty hot take. Well I haven't seen any rankings out just yet, but uh you know certainly uh, Brown out out targeted him in their in his first game back from injury, right? So I, I don't know yeah. that it should be a hot take necessarily, but uh we'll see. I, I think this game will also be telling about how their usage might go rest of season so regardless worth watching but yeah i think right now it's, it's brown and rockets i really don't have a great read on this arizona team right now if you couldn't tell yeah i don't have a great read on this matchup in general yeah. um, i, I want to fade Cliff kingsbury against bill belichick and i yeah. think uh i think the smart move would be to take new england but i, I just feel like They've had struggles with stopping uh, mobile quarterbacks, and 
surprisingly, the Patriots are favored by a point and a half on the road, but I'm going to take the home team Cardinals here. Shout out to my homies in Arizona. Give me the Cardinals. All right. I thought maybe you would take uh, the Patriots uh, on this one, but I almost again, did, but mm, this I'm is, say, I'm shocked yeah. that with Brown and Hopkins both healthy now that the Patriots are favored on the road. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. That impressive no. to me. No. Um, in fact, they've been the exact opposite of impressive this entire season. But I think I it's know. just that the I think it's more so that the Cardinals have, have shot themselves in the foot so much, right? Totally. Losing to the Chargers where in a game where they definitely it was a winnable game. Yep. Um but yeah, I mean look, look at the last few wins for the Patriots team, right? They faced the Jets team mm-hmm. that only put up three points a few weeks right. ago. Um they beat the Colts with I think it was Sam Ellinger uh mm-hmm. at the time. Um, they beat the Jets before that, and then they beat the Browns before that, and right. they beat the Lions when DeAndre Swift was out, I, I want right. to say. Definitely. Um, yep. I mean, none of these are particularly impressive wins to me, and whereas the Cardinals have definitely, you know, their record is not great, but on paper, you know, this is a much more talented team. And let's bring up their losses. Minnesota, Chicago, Green Bay. I mean... Not not a great look. Yeah. Um, and say what you will about the Cardinals. They they kept it pretty close in most of the games. Yeah. And uh, I think this is an offense that could be explosive. We'll see if they can get things right after the bye with some of their wide receiver core a lot healthier now. But speaking of be an interesting one. Speaking of teams on a bye. We have six this week because uh, Roger Goodell hates fantasy football or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Atlanta will be, uh, well, you'll have to bench Marcus Mariota, unfortunately. Also, Cordero Patterson and Drake London, who just when we all dropped him, went and had a nice, uh, decent yeah, game. Right. But uh, <laughs> don't get too concerned about that. Chicago's on the well, bye. Just actually, to... real quick, uh, Please. I, I dropped Drake London in our redraft league together. Right. And uh, my wife actually picked them up. Oh, there you go. So I think you guys can all blame me uh, for yeah. Drake London's big game uh, this past week. And I'm going to go out and limb and bet that you're going to trade Travis Kelsey uh, to get London back now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say we were, uh, she has now swept me uh, in our two matchups. This, Not bad. This year. So um, she's, she's fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, so she'll need to win this week, and I'm still fighting for a playoff bye. So we'll we'll see well, how things turn out. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Chicago, Justin Fields, give him another week to heal up. Just get better, man. Stay healthy, stay safe. You've only got to last a couple more weeks until we uh, cash in on this next season and sign a bunch of free agents, get an offensive line, and try and make something happen. David Montgomery, Cole Komet, hopefully, uh, thumbs up going forward. Green Bay's on the bye. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Christian Watson, who, gosh, what is it? Is it eight touchdowns in four weeks? Totally nuts. Ellen Lazard, Robert Tunyon. Uh, yeah, just just craziness out of Christian Watson here. I don't know if we should have seen it coming. Now, is this, dynasty, is this dynasty sell time, or is it time to buy in? Because Jordan Love is looming around the corner, and that shadow looms big time. Indianapolis, Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and Jelani Woods, if you're hanging on to any of them uh, as desperation starts, other than JT, of course. New Orleans on the bye, Andy Dalton, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Juwan Johnson, 
And of course, Washington, Taylor Heineke, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Logan Thomas. Yeah, a lot of uh, potential fantasy starters out this week. Yeah. Some of them have been disappointing uh, in general. So uh, remember when we thought Alvin Kamara was going to be a thing again? Because Andy Dalton would check it down a lot to him. Two I remember. Uh, I remember. Hey, remember when we thought Allen Robinson was going to be a thing? Yeah, look, I already said I'll take the L on that, right? You don't got to run that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was with you. I was with you. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, nope. Yeah, I think we can certainly say he and Michael Thomas have uh, fooled us enough times that, uh, I mean, no one should ever be a do not draft depending on ADP, but certainly okay. not in the single class. rounds, right? Yeah. I mean, nope. these guys are maybe in like the ninth, 10th round, you take a shot on a guy like Michael Thomas or Allen Robinson next year uh, if things are looking healthier for them, but Oof, it's uh, certainly not good. And oh, uh, we should we should mention real quick for those hanging on Odell Beckham. Um, it sounds uh, like whoever he signs with, it sounds like it's going to be for you know the playoffs. They they're not going to rush him back, so I don't think he needs to be rostered in most fantasy formats outside of the super deep leagues. Right. Good call. So just worth mentioning uh, again because the bench spots become so important nowadays, right? Um, sure. Every spot real, counts. Quick, real quick, we should run through some uh, lesser rostered running backs potentially. Yeah. Um, especially for deeper leagues, you know, I think Joshua Kelly and Sony Michelle and Isaiah Spiller, uh, mostly Spiller and Kelly at this point. Uh, if Austin Eckler were to miss any time. Yeah, it looks like uh, Kelly is on top of that right now. Yeah, and I would lean Kelly of the three, but uh, certainly all three of them could see some work. Um, we've talked about Dontrell Hillier before we mentioned Matt Breda, although I think he's lower priority for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Kareem Hunt uh, rostered in the vast majority of leagues, but he has been dropped in a few. So again, the upside is massive. If Chubb were to miss any time, um, AJ Dillon, who we talked Mm -hmm. about, um, just a few minutes ago here, uh, Damian Harris, who shouldn't necessarily be dropped just in case anything happens to Stevenson. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Alexander Madison, we haven't really heard a peep out of him this year, but uh, again, we know that if anything were to happen to Cook, uh, Madison could definitely step in. Uh, Jamal Williams, more of a flex standalone option at this point, but again, he's out there in a few slivers of leagues. Um, and then worth mentioning too, I think nobody wants to talk about Rex Burkhead or Eno Benjamin, but if anything were to happen to Damian Pierce, there is yeah. opportunity on a run-heavy Texans team, even though it's a bad offense. Uh, we talked about Tony Jones already, and uh, I think Jalen Warren got dropped again in a few leagues with Harris looking back healthy. But again, his upside is pretty high. And then James Cook is still out there in a lot of leagues. We talked about that committee in Buffalo, um, but the upside for him, if anything were to happen to Singletary, right? Top flight offense. Yeah, and look, if you're desperate, uh, Khalil Herbert's out there. Um, he's been on IR, but he could return at some point. That's definitely a deeper league stash, um, but just worth mentioning at the very least. And uh, I think that covers the the majority of them. How about Melvin Gordon? Yeah, we talked about him last week. But I, think Silence. Would, I, I think you would need something to happen to both Pacheco and McKinnon. Right. Yeah. I think whoever, if anyone were in this time of those two, 
I think the other would naturally take more work with Gordon maybe getting activated and getting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then we're talking about too, right? After that surprise cut um, of Eno Benjamin, who is now on, in Houston, mm-hmm. that if mm-hmm. anything were to happen to James Conner, Keontae Ingram seems to have the trust of the coaching staff. Yep. So like, that's a deeper league one, uh, of course, but... Again, these are the potential league winners that, you know, with a lot of teams running low on uh, free agent bidding dollars, if that's the system your league uses at this point in the year, uh, preemptively stashing some of these guys could be huge. Big time. And every, uh, you, you don't know what little move is really what's going to win your league for you. Every year there's, there's some no-name players or little owned players, little roster players that come through and, put up, uh, you know, number one of their position type weeks. Uh, I think you talked about last week, Rashad Perriman two years ago, or maybe three years ago at this point. Um, who yeah, was the Braxton big time player? Berrios. Yeah, Braxton Berrios last year. Yep. Um, and then, oh, this is going way back now, but when the Chiefs surprisingly cut Kareem Hunt, I think that was right mm-hmm. around fantasy playoff time, and everybody yep. was struggling to get, you know, Damian Williams and uh, – uh, who else was it at that? It was so long ago now. Damien Williams and um, Daryl oh, Williams? Williams. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, now is the time to preemptively stash some of these guys if you can. And of course, uh, again, with the lineup decisions, uh, if you guys have more specific questions, um, make sure to include details, whether you need floor, ceiling, PPR, scoring formats. But you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I am at FFA underscore LOS. That's L-O-S. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Please remember, like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. Yeah, best of luck in the final regular season week. Go as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.